Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. This episode is brought to you by Aries Academy. Aries Academy is the most complete sports vision at-home training program in the country. Aries Academy was developed for athletes by optometrists by combining traditional tried and true vision therapy techniques with the most cutting edge sports vision programs in the market. Aries Academy has many different programs for all types of athletes to develop their visual and neurocognitive systems. Head to www.ariesacademy.com for their one week free program if you're interested in learning more about what sports vision training is all about. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. We are going to be doing a Dr. Z and Dr. L episode today, but before we do that, let's talk about our weekly insight, which is a new eye drop called Viewity. Uh, you may have heard it, there have been a lot of marketing push for this drop. And what it is, is it helps patients that have presbyopia or when you start to need reading glasses in your 40s, see up close. It is FDA approved to treat that presbyopia, and it's the first of its kind. There's a lot of drops in the works, but this is the first one that is FDA approved. And so the way it works is you install just one drop uh, in each eye every day for the days that you want to use it. Um, and the mechanism is it essentially constricts your pupil, which changes the de- your depth of focus. Um, it's really meant for people who have very minimal distance prescription. And when you put this drop in, you get that increased near vision for a short period of time. It can last up to about six hours, the studies have found. And for that time frame, there's no impact on your distance vision, but you can see up close, which is pretty cool because otherwise your other options are really reading glasses. That's what most people start to need around the age of 40, which can be tricky depending on what your distance prescription is. Then it means, you know, moving to something like a bifocal or a progressive or if you're a contact lens wearer, then adding in glasses to your regimen um, or doing like a multifocal contact lens. So it's just nice to have another option in our arsenal for those patients that are over 40. We don't have too much experience with this drop yet. It is fairly new. However, we do share um, a building with a primary care doctor who's kind of the perfect candidate for trying this drop. She has no prescription in the distance, has a a moderate reading prescription and really hates wearing reading glasses. So we have her trialing it um, and I'm waiting on some feedback from her to see how she likes it. Possible side effects from it are just some headaches have been reported or some mild redness, but otherwise no big side effects from using the drop. So I'm excited to see what it brings to the world of presbyopia in the future. Yeah, it's really exciting to have this uh, actually approved. We've been hearing a lot about drops and other technology being developed for presbyopia. So this is kind of a game changer. So we'll have to wait and see how it works. So for today's episode, Dr. L is going to talk to us about one of her patients. So tell us a little bit about what brought your patient in. Sure. So the case I wanted to share with everybody is a 67 year old man. I first saw him two and a half years ago and he came to me referred in by his ophthalmologist. He had been complaining of double vision, both in the distance and up close for about two months. Um, And it was found that he had a vertical misalignment between the two eyes and a suspected cranial nerve four palsy that was causing it. Now with the nerve palsy, it's very common to go through a full neurological workup to make sure that there's nothing neurologically going on that's affecting the nerve, which he came in already having completed. So he had an MRI done that was completely normal. It didn't show any scary causes of this palsy. And with cranial nerve four palsies, um, one of the biggest causes is really no known cause. They can just kind of happen as you age and cause these vertical misalignments. Uh, So he came to me for some management of his double vision. 
So on my exam, I did in fact see a vertical misalignment. His left eye was essentially sitting a little higher than his right eye, a little greater in the distance than at near. Um, so we did some trialing of some vertical prism to help alleviate this vertical double vision that he was experiencing. Uh, with vertical double vision, the goal of prism is to really kind of shift the image of what one eye is seeing up or down to better match the image of the fellow eye. And from there, patients can usually then fuse and see one single image. So we played with some different amounts of prism and found something that was helping him hold single vision at both distance and near. So from there, I ordered something called a Fresnel prism, which we talked about in previous episodes, which is kind of a great way to trial prism with patients. It's essentially like a sticker prism. So you can order it in all different amounts. Um, and when it came in, I had him come back in. I applied the sticker prism to one of the lenses of his glasses, rechecked you know, all of his binocularity findings and confirmed that he was seeing single at both distance and near through this amount of prism. And I sent him on his way to trial this to see if, you know, not just in my office setting, but in his real life, you know, in his home setting and driving, making sure that this amount of prism was working for the majority of, you know, his activities of his daily life, right? And so I saw him back about two weeks after that to see how he was doing. And his double vision was still alleviated. Um, he really liked the amount of prism. So from there, we finalized it and I prescribed him a pair of glasses where we ground in the prism. So he had permanent prism ground into his lenses. And from there, I kind of just watched him um, on about an every six month basis just to make sure that his prism demands weren't changing and he was staying nice and stable with single vision through his amount of prism. And every follow-up, he was still seeing single, his vertical misalignment wasn't changing, it was staying stable. And I was really able to keep his vertical prism about the same amount. Now, this is where things get a little bit interesting. He came into me about a year later after this and he had a new onset lid droop. So I became very nervous. Um, so lid droop, we call that atosis. Um, when he came in, he said that this had been happening for about a week where his right upper lid would just come down and cover his line of vision. And it was very variable. There were times where the lid position seemed normal to him. Um, and then times his eye was almost completely closed and he couldn't open the, the lid at all. And then times where it was kind of in between those two positions. Um, and it really seemed to change throughout the day. And he was obviously very concerned about this. So came in to see me to see what was going on. And I was also concerned um, because one of the nerves that innervates your lid also innervates lots of other things. It innervates other eye muscles. Um, it innervates your pupil. Um, so if there's a palsy for your third cranial nerve, it can really have serious side effects on your vision. So I thought to myself, I need to rule out if this is a cranial nerve three palsy. So when he came in to see me, I checked all the other functions of that cranial nerve. I checked all of his eye movements, which were not affected. I checked his pupils, which were normal. I checked his color vision, his optic nerve, um, and everything else on the exam was normal, except his right lid was coming down, which I saw a lot throughout my exam. Um, and there was times especially as my testing continued on, because I was doing a lot of things with him, um, it got to the point where it was drooping so much, I had to really lift his lid up myself to even get a view of his eye. It was completely down. So I said to him, I'm a little concerned about this. You know, I ruled out anything else going on, but you certainly have this new onset lid droop. And given that, you know, I saw you about a year ago and you had, you know, a similar nerve palsy event, and this is potentially a second one, we really need to revisit a neurological workup to see what's going on. And he said, okay, so I wrote him a prescription to get a MRI repeated, an MRI repeated and some blood work to rule any other causes for this new onset lid droop. So I think it's really important to highlight that 
anything new with your vision, right? Any new onset double vision, any new onset lid droop needs to be seen right away. You know, when it came to his double initial double vision, everything was sort of ruled out, right? We we ruled it was just an idiopathic pineal nerve four palsy, which can just happen, decompensate over time, and that was okay. But some people might have said, oh, well, now I have this lid ptosis. My neurological workup was fine the first time. It's probably just me getting older or something like that, right? A lot of people kind of just attribute lid drooping to being older. But to his testament, he came in and said, hey, can you check this out? So for those people that are listening, any new things with your vision need to be checked immediately when it comes to lid drooping, double vision, things like that. So tell us how, how did all of those testing go? Well, so he came back to me about a week later because I was keeping a close eye on him. I wanted to make sure that no new findings were emerging and just hadn't shown up yet. So I saw him about a week later and he said to me, you know, I figured out what was going on. I forgot to tell you when I saw you last week that I decided to stop taking my blood pressure medication. I said, okay. So I saw my primary care doctor after I saw you and my blood pressure was really elevated. And now I've started taking my blood pressure medications again. So high blood pressure, uncontrolled, you know, blood pressure can be a cause of, you know, a lid droop or a nerve palsy. So kind of made sense that this could be part of what was going on. So I said, okay, well, I'm glad that you're on your blood pressure medication again. Um, and he was being followed closely by both his primary care doctor and his cardiologist to ensure that he was getting good control of his blood pressure after stopping all of his medications. Um, and really his exam was fairly stable. There weren't any new neurological signs or symptoms on my exam still just had the right upper lid eye droop, um, which seemed pretty stable in his presentation. I did say to him, I still want you to have the workup that I had recommended just to be safe because I just don't love that, you know, you're presenting in this manner now and you have this history of a potential palsy that caused a vertical double vision just about a year ago. You know, that's a, that's a fairly short length of time to have these kind of two events occur and the two kind of seem unrelated to each other with no known cause for the first one. And then maybe just blood pressure causing the second one that just didn't sit right with me. Um, so I went down the road. I saw him about every month or so. Um, and he had just had to move one of his primary care doctor appointments. So he still hadn't seen her um, to get everything approved to have the full neurological workup. So now we're at about a three month bout from when I initially saw him from this. And he finally had everything done. So he went through an MRI again, which again came out normal but he went through a special blood workup panel that I had requested. And what I was really interested in was something called myasthenia gravis, which can be a common underlying cause of a lid droop. And turns out his blood work was positive for myasthenia gravis. So the blood pressure was kind of a red herring um, because I really think now that we know he has myasthenia gravis, this was the underlying cause of that lid droop and kind of explains why it was so variable. With myasthenia gravis um, in your body, these antibodies kind of attack a certain areas um, of your body and your eye. And one of the biggest ocular symptoms is an intermittent lid droop. And it very commonly varies throughout the day and really worsens when you fat are fatigued. That's kind of a classic presentation. Um, so I think that his blood pressure was kind of just an unrelated factor to the lid droop. It was really the myasthenia gravis. And I think that could have even explained the previous palsy as well, where he had this vertical misalignment also. Um, but Typical blood work doesn't usually look for myasthenia gravis. It really has to be asked for it to be done. So it wasn't something that was asked for when he had that initial vertical double vision presentation. Um, and I think he's so interesting because his story could have really just ended with his blood pressure being the main cause, right? Because it kind of right. makes sense. He had stopped all his medications around the time that his lid stopped drooping and his blood pressure was high. 
um, and his blood pressure became controlled again. Um, but really now we know the real root cause of what was going on, um, which I think you know is so wonderful for him because myasthenia gravis can extend beyond just ocular symptoms and start to affect you systemically as well, where you can start to have weakness in your arms and legs and other neurological symptoms. Um, so he's now under the care of a new neurologist and a rheumatologist to manage his myasthenia gravis. I, this is such an interesting case to me, right? Because like you said, we, you could have this red herring of blood pressure because the blood pressure would a hundred percent explain all of those things, you know, that, okay, the, the neutosis, you know, it just, it, it just would make sense. But I think good on you, Dr. L, that you said, you know, the pieces just don't seem right. Something's funny here, you know, like it just didn't sit well. Um, and myasthenia gravis is an autoimmune disorder that needs to be treated different than blood pressure. And, and to your point, um, it can really start to affect all of your, your muscular system. You know, it can affect, like you said, your, your limbs and your throat. And sometimes people even struggle with swallowing and chewing and things of that nature. So it really is something that needs to be addressed because, um, any type of inflammation in the body is, not good. Um, so it's really such an interesting case to me that, you know, you had all of these factors and it ended up being the one thing that you, you had a sneaky suspicion that it might be, especially with that variability of that, that lid droop. So where is he at now? This episode is brought to you by Aries Academy. Aries Academy is the most complete sports vision at home training program in the country. Aries Academy was developed for athletes by optometrists by combining traditional tried and true vision therapy techniques with the most cutting edge sports vision programs in the market. Aries Academy has many different programs for all types of athletes to develop their visual and neurocognitive systems. Head to www.ariesacademy.com for their one week free program if you're interested in learning more about what sports vision training is all about. Hero's Revive 2.0 is an award-winning cloud-based wearable platform that delivers real-time vision diagnoses. Based on a decade of clinical and scientific research at the University of Miami's Baskin-Palmer Eye Institute, this diagnostic health and wellness tool enables physicians to perform six vision diagnostic exams, including visual fields, contrast sensitivity, color vision, and dark adaptation. The lightweight, portable platform improves access to care as diagnostic exams can be performed anywhere at any time, even in remote locations. A designated dark room or testing space is not required, and the Revive's platform's visual field test shows strong correlation to the current gold standard of care. Six diagnostic exams, five CPT medical billing codes, and a single wearable solution. The new reality in vision care has arrived. To learn more about this versatile platform, follow at HeroVisionAI on Twitter and Instagram, or visit www.seeheru.com. That's S-E-E-H-E-R-U.com. Yeah, so he's still wearing his same glasses with the same amount of vertical prism. Nothing changed with his vertical misalignment as I saw him for follow-ups. And the most recent time I saw him, he did have some significant improvement in his lid position. Every time I saw him, his lid function was slowly returning. Um, it would still droop if he became really fatigued, which would often happen throughout my testing. So many times he would come into my exam room and he would have perfect lid alignment and lid position. And then as my testing progressed, it would start to droop, but progressively was improving and, and becoming more and more normal. And it was 
he had almost normal function at the last time I saw him. And I think he's due to see me in just about another month or so. So we'll see where he's at when he comes in. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing this case with our listeners. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Follow us at Twin Forks Optometry on Facebook and Instagram. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.